Well, welcome, Faith Family. We're doing our after-service uh, panel. Uh, I'm Dan Herbstra. I'm joined by Daniel Hurd. And uh, Kyle had another excellent sermon today from his series in First Peter, uh, specifically chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. His title was Mistreatment and the Gospel. And uh, one of the first applications, kind of the low-hanging fruit he talked about, was how we as Christians should think about uh, employment situations, bosses, other authorities like that. Um, Daniel, how should Christians work? Yes, so, and, and it was discussed uh, in, in the sermon that we work with excellence, that uh, if, if we are thinking, oh, I'm being mistreated when we're showing up late, when we're not doing the right thing, uh, that, is, that is not you being mistreated for the gospel. Um, we, we work as people who are made in the image of God because we are made in the image of God. Uh, God made us to work. Uh, work is good. It, it's pre-fall. Uh, work is not a result of the fall. Uh, work is harder now. It's more strenuous. It's more stressful. It's more straining. Uh, but it is still, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, it's inherently good. And so we should, we should seek to do it well. Uh, and, and we as Christians have the, the best reason and, and the most purpose to work with excellence. Uh, so whatever we're doing whether you're a cashier um, or you're in high-level management or owner of a company, you do it in a way that you are, you are working directly for God. You might have a crazy line of superiors, or you might be working for yourself, but really we, the Christian can recognize that we work for God and God alone. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, great, good theology of work there, basically. I, I, uh, it's one thing we often think about how the, the, the workplace is a mission field, which is true. One of the many reasons that we seek to do a good job is so that we can share the gospel with those around us, especially in the workforce. But really the ultimate uh, uh, reason, uh, the Bible is clear that anything that we do that is moral and permissible can, should, can and should be done to the glory of God. And so we can work for the glory of God. I had a uh, squadron commander uh, in the army who talked about having a toilet bowl brush award. <laughs> and he would give that to somebody. And it was actually meant as a great honor saying, hey, even if I give you the job of scrubbing toilets, you're going to do them to the best of your ability. You're going to have a sense of excellence, even with that menial task. And uh, I remember uh, he was talking about somebody in the unit that he could give any job to, and they would do it to the best of their ability. And then our, our chaplain at the time actually <laughs> pointed out, like, well, there's a reason he does that. It's because he's a believer, and he's doing even that to the glory of God. And so that, that can be one of the many ways that we worship God and glorify him is simply by uh, taking pride in a good sense, uh, doing our work to the best of our ability. Well, that was the kind of the low-hanging fruit. Kyle helpfully kind of zoomed out a little bit wide-angle lens and made the point that if this is a much bigger application. It's about any kind of mistreatment at all, and that Peter likely chose slaves as an example because it's one of the most extreme uh, examples he could give. Yes. And he talked about how it's more about mistreatment generally. So how do we deal with difficult authorities and difficult people? Yes, so I and I, I think it was such a, it's such a helpful example because it is it's it's like the worst thing, <laughs> um, but it's slavery in, in any form. There's this idea of this inherent idea of, of ownership. Mm -hmm. You're owned by this uh, by this person, and so if you can if you can work well as a slave, um, whether you have a good and gentle master, as the scriptures say, or one who's unjust, mm -hmm. then uh, you can. You can work wherever. Uh, it's it's the bottom of the bottom, right? So, uh, so, so working as someone that is that is mistreated, 
but by no means does that mean that you should allow uh, abuse to continue happening, whether whether physical or, or emotional uh, abuse um, being taken advantage of. That, that certainly that's that's wrong. Yes. And and thank God because of I think this was uh, put well in in the sermon today too. Um, because of Christian ideas, mm-hmm. we have we have ways to say this is wrong. Yeah. This is unjust, and so I'm going to report this. And at the same time, I I still want to work in such a way that no one can say, "Well, you're I think you're overstepping your bounds," or "I I think you're making something up." Mm-hmm. No, like if if I'm an honest, dependable worker, and I have the attitude and the the demeanor of Christ in in my mistreatment, then if I ever say something. Someone's gonna. There will be enough people, mm-hmm. hopefully, Lord willing, that would go. Well, that person's honest. Yeah. They would never. They would never make something like that up. Yeah. They, they must. There must be something else going on here. Uh, so I think there are uh, good ways to work under under mistreatment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you kind of touched on it there. I, I loved how he alluded to a guy who's one of my personal heroes, William Wilberforce, a fellow mm-hmm. believer who was involved in politics and was part of helping to say this is wrong and it needs to stop. Um, uh, so the, the, that was great. And the only thing I would add to what you said is just there's a difference between seeking justice and seeking revenge. Mm. And on an emotional yes. level, they kind of spring from the same place. We see something that's awful and we're outraged and we think that needs to stop or something needs to be done about that. Seeking justice is going through appropriate channels, going to appropriate authorities, handling it in the right way. Revenge is just, you hurt me and I want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you hurt someone I love and I want to hurt you. Um, and uh, we need to, to guard against that. And, and, and it, uh, it's also one aspect of dealing with mistreatment. And, and I love how Kyle just really hit home, especially ladies. Not that ladies are the only ones who could suffer abuse, but just saying, listen, if you're suffering abuse or mistreatment or harassment, you have every right to separate yourself from that, to report that to the proper authorities, to, to seek justice. Um, and, uh, and, and so please do that. This is not an excuse. And I was just reading a, an article at the Gospel Coalition about someone who grew up in an abusive home where the, the father was abusive, even though he was like, to everybody else, he was an upstanding Christian man. And how the abusers like that could even t- twist Christian language like repentance and and forgiveness to enable the abuse. And that is not what Peter is talking about here. That's not what the Bible talks about. So and I, 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 would, go ahead. I would say to, to add on that, uh, in, in verse 23, when, when Peter's saying, when Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. We, we in America mm. have a lot of ways that we can go about not, you know, like, man, I, I'm not going to threaten, but I am going to report Whereas I would say if you're a missionary on a foreign mission field and you're, you're in who, know, who knows where, Ville, uh, and you don't have the, the authoritative protection of a good government, uh, this is a very yeah. helpful, encouraging verse. Yeah. And something that we just, we, we might not have, we might lack a category for as Americans that I would say missionaries, I'm sure, are very comforted yeah. by this. If I was a missionary in Iran... I'd be very comforted by yes. by this verse. Yeah. Um, so, and that's ultimately why we Christians—it's uh, it, inexcusable us for to hold grudges or to do uh, unrighteous vengeance—is because we ultimately we know while we can still be outraged over injustice in this life, we know that there is coming a day where the Judge of the Universe will sort it all out in yes. the end, and so that is what allows Christians to not pursue vengeance and to 
uh, not give way to sinful anger and, and all that because we know the judge of the universe will. And, and we can still pursue earthly justice, but if we're denied earthly justice in this life, we know that they will not uh, escape the justice of, of, of God. As Thomas Jefferson, who was not perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination, talk, mentioned, referring specifically to slavery, I tremble to think that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Mm. And so that's what gives us that, that ultimate hope. Uh, well, we believe not just in expository preaching here, uh, picking apart the text, but making it Christ-centered and gospel-centered by being true to the text. And, and, and Kyle did a great job today of being gospel-centered, bringing it to the gospel. Uh, what are some ways that the gospel relates to mistreatment? So that, and what, what I had read earlier and what we uh, looked at in the sermon, um, you know, verse 24 to, to continue, continue on, he himself bore our sins mm-hmm. in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Um, some, something that uh, uh, w- was mentioned in, in the sermon is that we are never more like Christ than when suffering mistreatment. And uh, our, our vocation, the thing we are called uh, to do is to serve under mistreatment. And um, I think we've mentioned this before at Faith Family, uh, that, that suffering is like the megaphone for being able to glorify God, to, to make much of him. And so uh, we have the example of Christ, and we, um, as we heard in the sermon, we trace him and, and we follow his example, not just when things were going well, but when he was mistreated. And so if we, don't, if we don't have the gospel, if we don't have the assuredness that Christ mm-hmm. experienced the mistreatment, not for the sake of being stoic or, or whatever the case may be, but, but so that he could bring us to God mm-hmm. uh, and that we can be a part of that and reflect his example so that, so that there would be more people that were straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of their souls. Then it's then it's absolutely worth it. Mm. Uh, it is a gospel witness to be able to um, suffer well when we are mistreated. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's it's helpful to understand the as Hebrews says, our high priest is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Um, so when we're enduring suffering, we know Christ endured suffering. But we can also just take so much heart in in the purpose behind His suffering. Um, so m- unlike ours, which is often the result of you know. Uh, um, just circumstance, Christ accomplished something with his mistreatment. And I loved how Kyle uh, brought it home to Isaiah 53 and talked about how, and I often heard of that passage as the suffering servant passage, and he, he framed it as the mistreated slave. Mm-hmm. Christ was a slave in that he was serving us uh, fully through his mistreatment, by his, and he even went into graphic detail about Roman scourging to show that by, when he says, by his stripes we are healed, that's what he did. He was, he was making a way that our sin could be atoned for. And then Christ is the good shepherd. Yes, he deals with us. He's patient with us. But ultimately, what does John say? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So because he was a substitute for sinners, we can have confidence that if we acknowledge our sins, turn from our sins, and rely on Jesus Christ alone as our good shepherd, we can have forgiveness of sins, and we can begin living this life for the glory of God, uh, enduring mistreatment, for the glory of God. Well, anything else to add, brother? No, that's it. 
Great. Well, thank you so much, Faith Family. Uh, we hope this was a blessing to you. Uh, we love you and we're praying for you. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.